Welcome to Ninjas of Another Color, episode 25. I'm your host, Dwayne Otley. Rate us, review us, give us five stars, give us four stars, give us three stars, give us two stars. Give us any stars, because if you don't give us anything, I can just assume that we are doing it correctly. We are available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, Pandora, Google Podcast, TuneIn, we're still working on Apple. We are also available on TikTok. Alright, today, who do you have in the Super Bowl? Today is February 11th, the day before the Super Bowl. We won't touch on the Super Bowl much, but it is tomorrow. Who do you have? Do you have the Eagles with a black quarterback? Or do you have the Chiefs with a black quarterback? Alright, let's get to it. That was Green Lantern getting rid of of all evil in the universe. But guess what? It's Super Bowl weekend and we're going to talk about the NBA. The male soap opera version. Yes. This week, which was the week of LeBron taking over Kareem and the trades. So, first thing we're going to get into is the number of trades that happened. Yes. KD... Kyrie, anything major? Who's uh, they? They headlighted it, but and the Lakers got better. So check it out. Four, three, two, one, and we have crossed the NBA trade deadline. I feel like I need to put on some deodorant. I feel like I, I need some water. Something. I, I feel like I need I mean, some I maybe maybe a little stiff drink. Ooh. You haven't started drinking yet. That was a lot. Going on, Adrian Wojnarowski will be joining us in a bit to help make sense of everything that has happened. But first, Cheney, high-level thoughts, takeaways from this trade deadline. A couple years ago, Kevin Durant shook up the balance of power in the West, and it looks like he just did it again by entering the roster of the Phoenix Suns. And this roster has a lot of question marks, but nonetheless, the intention is for them to push to win a championship with him being at the age of 34. And he's not alone. I think the Lakers, flying under the radar, made some moves earlier, not just today, but as we know from Rui Hachimura. But I think at the end of the day, it all centers around KD. Will this really be the team, the Suns, that live up to expectations, expectations that have fallen way beyond short in Brooklyn? Uh, Chris Paul seeking a championship. KD trying to reinvigorate his legacy. Devin Booker always chip on the shoulder. It's going to be all centered in Arizona. Right. The eyes of the basketball world. But I do think a lot of teams also got better. I mean, what's the biggest trade of the, of the day of the last 24 hours? Duh. It's Kevin Durant. But Zach, you are our deep cuts friend. So when you're looking at those little moves that were made around the edges that made teams better, is there one in your mind that you're like, you know what? We need to keep an eye on that as we march towards the playoffs. Little moves? I'm not... Medium moves. I'm not... Medium. Nothing is is standing out for me on the little moves. It's the big moves that are going to define. Yeah. I mean, Jay Crowder to Milwaukee, um, 
they've been playing four guards without Bobby Portis a lot, so they get that kind of P.J. Tucker-ish piece that they had a couple years ago when they won the title. That was a coveted one. That's interesting. I'm still digesting the Warriors. The Warriors getting GP2 back uh, for James Wiseman. That's interesting, too. They have a lot of guards on that team. Those are some interesting uh, smaller moves, but this is this moves about this Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. Yes, it is about Kevin Durant, but also fine-tuning things. And I thought that the Denver Nuggets needed to add more depth for us, the bigs, right? And they added that with Thomas Bryant. Like, and, and you can play him and Jokic together. With Jokic's ability to be able to pick and pop and play around and hang around the perimeter at times, he also adds that he brings a certain type of tenacity that I'm pretty sure Coach Malone would love. That was a good addition. And quiet is kept. The Golden State Warriors, like, we didn't already, like, pencil in the Phoenix Suns. We didn't pencil in the Denver Nuggets. And, I don't, you know, this panel, you know, over the past few weeks said we could never count out the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. They, okay, so cool, but they made some pretty nice additions. What? So, what? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You no, I was going to say, no, I was going to say, I agree. I agree 100% oh. with what you were saying. Oh, you do? Yeah. Because <laughs> you were saying that this panel, and by this panel, you were talking about me. Zach and Shanae, you weren't talking about yourself. So, no, I, I think it was. I wasn't. I know you were. Well, oh, we know you were. One of the things that like, I, I like is I love it when teams go and get that, that one piece. All right? We're not going to change everything. We're not going to make this. You know, so I love Josh Hart to the Knicks. I Man. love Josh Hart. I have said since, you know, he first came into the league, Josh Hart is a piece that you would want on a championship team. He's a selfless player. He does a lot of little things. So I like the Josh Hart. I like all right, Josh Hart to the Knicks. It's a minor move that'll get him from seventh to fifth or sixth. But for them to make a move to to get in the up the top or four, the top four teams, they needed to get rid of <coughs> excuse me, Julius Randle. That's a fine, and get rid of the coach. The coach is a problem, so I don't understand why. But it was a, a minor move uh, by the Knicks. And they should, excuse me, another fine. They should have got um, James Wiseman. If James Wiseman is what they gave for GP3, GP2, yeah, GP2, then we could have got James Wiseman. Get rid of Junius Randall. I like the Jay Crowder. I like what Denver did, and I like I like how they just added just a little bit. I love Luke Kennard to Memphis. So there's a lot of teams that got just a little bit better in the right spots. They're not like, oh, we're going to see this doesn't fit. Josh Hart fits. Luke Kennard fits. Jay Crowder fits. So there were some very good teams or some teams right there on that fringe yeah. that made the right moves. Let's take a look at some of the most notable trades that have happened because there's been so many. And while I've taken a time and my bubbles have settled, uh, I'm still <laughs> making sense. Rude, Richard, of everything that is happening. We have crossed the trade deadline. But if you think that moves are done being made, you are sorely mistaken because now. Okay, uh, notable acquisitions. The Hawks get uh, Skabid B. Warriors. The Warriors got, again, Gary Payton the second. Clippers got Eric Gordon, Bones, Highland, and Mason Plumley. The Pistons got James Wiseman. I think they got that for a steal. And the Grizzlies acquired Luke Kennard. The Bucks got Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder probably put a very good team into 
a better team because they my fault a fine they got better probably defensively they got better defensively with Crowder now all eyes they turn to the buyout market could Russell Westbrook be there might others be lying in wait being the difference makers for these teams and for more on that I do want to bring in Brian Windhorst because nobody knows this better than you Brian explain what you are looking at as teams assess this buyout market yeah so let's look at where all the all the dust settled so like for example the Clippers traded two point guards they traded away John Wall they traded away Reggie Jackson they have a roster spot would Russell Westbrook make sense there that you know, it is not the type of exact fit there, but you're not going to get a higher talent player. I don't know where Russ's head is at, but can you imagine what he would be like staying in L.A.? I'm sure that's a preference that he would like. Ramona Shelford told us earlier that Paul George is already advocating to bring him in. Also, the Miami Heat could be uh, looking there. Keep an eye on Danny Green, who is going to the Rockets. That's a strong buyout candidate. Championship DNA, recovering. You don't need Danny Green to be at his best in February. You need him to be at his best in April and May. I expect him also to uh, to, 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 to be a guy who people chase. And I think there may be a couple other players. There's always a surprise buyout um, move every year. Yeah. Um, there's going to be some need for some centers in some places. Keep an eye on what happens with the Phoenix Suns. They have a completely different roster now. Keep an eye on what happens with the Dallas Mavericks. Both of those teams um, potentially uh, you know, looking for buyout players. And those are places people are going to want to go. So definitely it's going to be a secondary sort of transaction period for the next uh, 7 to 10 days. Secondary transaction period. I'm just I'm just catching up from my first win. I'm not ready for the second <laughs> win yet. Zach, what do you think of all that with the buyout market? Yeah, I mean, the buyout market, there's always a great deal of attention to it because some of the names are big. It, it just seldom ends up mattering. And if I'm the Clippers, man... I am thinking really hard about adding Russell Westbrook to my roster because that feels like dropping a nuclear bomb that does not fit very well onto a roster that just sort of tweaked around the edges. Very interesting day for the Clippers. Alco, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, John Wall, Income, Bones Highland, Eric Gordon, and Mason Plumley. Not sure how much better the Clippers got with that exchange of three for three. It's it's interesting, but I just like I know Russ put up numbers as the sixth man. He was putting up numbers, and the Lakers couldn't wait to get him out of town. Uh, training camp the week after All-Star break. It's basically <laughs> the new NBA season. But I'm with you on that. The Clippers' moves made zero sense to me. Like I didn't say that. I no, didn't say all that. No, I said that. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying that. You didn't say that. I'm, I'm, saying, that. I'm saying it. It made zero sense. They are loaded with wings. They're loaded with a ton of ISO guys. When you look down the line, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Marcus Morris, Norman Powell, you add Bones Holly. Like, None of that made sense. I mean, you have a guy like Nicholas Batum who actually buys into his role and plays his role at, at an elite level. But then you add Eric Gordon. Like, these are guys that need the ball in their hands to be effective. And I'm thinking, like, all the moves that were being made, I thought the Clippers could have been a, a little bit more smarter for as a front office standpoint and putting in certain pieces to make them better. Well, you have to wonder who was available because the number one uh, need for the Clippers was absolutely point guard, and I don't think that they 
missed and I don't think that they made too much yeah. but I do think that they solidified themselves and when it comes to that point guard I truly believe less is more and so when you're evaluating Russ maybe it's a better scenario than the Lakers because you're surrounded by shooters you just added Plumlee you have Zubats on the center right so the floor should be able to be space for him to be at least hopefully more productive but in this instance your points of emphasis are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and less is more more of the Chris Paul you know mindset like go out yeah. there give us 20 23 minutes and really assist the ball you don't have to do too much and make our guys look good that is the mold that they're looking for in the interim I don't think they did a bad job tonight you're from H-Town oh lord <laughs> I, I gotta ask you John Wall going back to Houston he ain't going back to Houston <laughs> being traded back to Houston I don't think that's a reality um, I think Danny as well. I'm not thinking he's going to stay in a Rockets jersey either. Um, I think this is hopefully the future for the Rockets. They have a lot of young talent, and I'm a huge fan of Alper and Shangoon. Uh, Wait, what was that one more time for Perk? Shangoon, Perk. Alper and Shangoon. Last night we had a little freeze. I just want to take my time with it. Shane. Be smooth with it. It's yeah. all good, Perk. We love you. The Rockets, if you're looking at what's happening, I just Why are we talking about the Rockets? The- that these guys are going to suit up for our squad instead they're right. moves that are going to be similarly made. to Russell Westbrook exactly. we never expect to see him in a Utah Jazz photograph in a Utah Jazz go picture that write this down my, my thing that we got pen. Zach's you know, about, uh, uh, about the Clippers and the moves that they made like I, sometimes you look back on players and where they've had their most success right so when I have my best players Paul George Kawhi Leonard you want to look at where they had the most play. when Kawhi Leonard won a finals MVP he had a point guard in Tony Parker. He had a system. Had a, you know, whatever. Say whatever you want about you know how it ended in San Antonio. When he went to Toronto and had a great year, he had two point guards on his roster. Fred VanVleet, who was now an All Star, was an All Star you know a season ago, and then he also Lowry. had Kyle Lowry. So it's like, wait a second now, like this guy who's one of our one of the top five ten players when he's healthy, you know, bowling. And even Paul George had Russell Westbrook when yep. he had his best season before going. So I just look at these guys. Do they need a point guard? Your two best players have excelled when they've had good to great point guards around them. And, and here's the thing about John Wall, right? Like, we got to have these hard conversations, but what's next for him? Mm-hmm. Like, we thought him going to the Clippers after sitting out for the Rockets was going to, you know, kind of revamp and give him that juice back to his career. Now, all of a sudden, this is not a good look for him as well. And so, again, this is another teaching moment for the young guys out there and the young vets that are coming, going. That's that's gonna have to take a lesser role to like actually put your pride aside because sooner or later you can see that door like shutting on you, and that's what's happening right now with John Wall. In the biggest year in the history of their franchise, the Clippers decided today we don't need a point guard, but we do need another center, which is very interesting because. They, they have tried and actually succeeded at playing five wings, five guards and wings all together. You know, Nick Batum, I was talking to him last night at the game, was get, he's talking about how he's gotten good at jostling with the big guys front <laughs> and all that. And now they got Mason Plumlee coming in yeah. to back up Zubats. But here's the thing about the point guard thing you've got to talk about with the Clippers. Fred Van Vliet, that's a name that's been out there. Yep. My best reporting was that was going to cost you Terrence Mann. There was no Fred VanVleet deal without Terrence Mann. And even then, you may not have enough because they've traded so many picks. Kyle Lowry, that's another name that was out there connected with the Clippers. 
He's got $30 million owed to him next season. It just hasn't been, I'm sorry to say, nearly the same guy. So you start to just kind of run out of options. And and this is where they've ended up without, they didn't, they traded two point guards and didn't really get a point guard. That's fair. So there are two teams that didn't make a move. Two. Cavaliers didn't make a move. The Chicago Bulls didn't make a move. I forgot about the Bulls. Bulls fans, I see you. (laughs) I hear you. No, you don't. I know that you're frustrated. Zach, can you help him feel better? No. No, no. (laughs) Keep it going. What do I mean? Like, look, they're a 500 team. They kept their big three together. They'll tell you every chance they get, they have a big three, big three, big three, three all-stars. They're 500. Lonzo is still hurt, and... um, they owe their pick to the Magic with this this summer in the Vucevic trade. I think they're a nice team, and they no, are not. looking at the standing. They're, they're, they're ninth. No, they're like they're just sort of rolling the rolling no, with it and say try to make the play in. But long term, the vision is let's say uh, murky. Did you, you expect them? Did you hope that they would maybe tailor? I'm, I'm going to be really honest. Yeah. Like they weren't on my test. Right, so I didn't. I didn't even look at the Chicago Bulls. It was right? a test. There, there's always a test. It's like if look, there's certain teams like Houston Rockets. Where do I? All right, but the Cavaliers. Rockets. Cavaliers. Now that one is they're one. involved in. Tri- they're, they're involved in people going there and getting bought out. That's how. That's that's and the we state of Houston. Our people. That's great, but we didn't need to talk about that. No, I, I think the Cavaliers were a confusing team a little bit because I think they've they've had a little bit of an up and down. Right when Donovan Mitchell went out, I think they are missing a three and D guy. There are just some things right there. But the thing I like about Cleveland is that they have a young core. People are under contract. They are fine. So they're not going to – and I don't think they had a ton of assets after giving what they gave away to to Houston so, – or, or to Utah, excuse me. So I'm not surprised by – Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me. That's a fine. Yes, KD's in Phoenix. Kyrie's in Dallas. The Clippers don't have a point guard. The Lakers got younger and more athletic, but they're still 13th. Memphis didn't really make a move. Uh, the Bucks got Jason uh, Crowder. That should show up there. They're, they're third in the league in defensive efficiency, so they will get better. Um, I think... With these trades, Phoenix made a move that made them better. Uh, I don't know about Golden State. Boston made a move. Don't think it made them better. The Nets moved out of the top three with the move they made, but they had no choice because that dude didn't want to be there because of his money. Because that's all that's all that trade was about was money, even though. The last year of the offer, according to some, is that they have to win a championship or he won't get his money. So, guess what? He didn't get his money, so he, that's why he left. So, that's kind of crazy. But, to tears with the tears. And, moving on to our next story. That guy called LeBron James. Yes, he did some. I guess you can say... He did something that really, 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 really got the attention. But again, he did it on Super Bowl week, and a lot of people weren't talking about it. It was just a one-night thing. And we're on Saturday, and nobody, excuse me, nobody's really talking about it. 
So, yes, LeBron James breaks the NBA all-time leading record score passing career. Remember to Jabbar? Check it out. Looking for James. He's got it. Coming to the end of the third quarter. LeBron James has got it. History. Yes, it belongs to LeBron James, and everybody made a big deal about Anthony Davis not getting enough off the bench, all that nonsense. But we're gonna we're gonna say he is still not the greatest of all time. That belongs to number twenty-three, MJ, out of Chicago, born in New York, but. Let's hear what the experts say. Expectations is now the all-time points leader in the NBA, scoring leader in the NBA. Golf clap, Pete. Golf clap. And he has said in the past he doesn't even really think of himself as a scorer, and he just broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record, guys, last night. Third quarter. Jay on a fadeaway. I thought maybe he was going to do it on a, on a little on hook. A hook shot. Yeah. So, last night I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm saying, all right, Kareem broke the record, and Kareem has a signature shot, right? The hook shot. So, he thought LeBron was going to do it. Actually, LeBron broke the record with his own signature shot. Since coming into the league in 2003-2004, he's had the second most fadeaway jump shots other than Dirk. So, he did it with his own signature shot in a signature moment of a... I do apologize, but guess what? The fadeaway was started by who? Michael Jordan. Game where his team needed every single point to keep themselves in the ball game. Wait, he has more fadeaway jump shots than, than, than anyone in the history of the league, other than Dirk. Other than Dirk, right. since he come, since coming into the league. And that's his shot, just like Kareem did his shot. LeBron, everyone's thinking maybe it'll be a hook, kind of pay homage, but he did his thing. Did it his way, kid? Yeah, I thought it would be a hook tomorrow night or Thursday night. When you have tickets to the game. <laughs> I, still, I still have tickets to the game If you want to go, Jack I can give them to you I mean You, know, you ain't going There ain't no way you're going the price, not, not a chance I was telling I told my son and everybody last night I said, man, y'all go ahead And everybody's like You know, texting And saying whatever As he's getting closer To the record I'm like, yeah, y'all go ahead And handle this Because I won't be going But it's great to see LeBron James it's, it's just good to see history Like this I mean, you know You obviously Never thought anybody would get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record, especially when, you know, Michael Jordan. People that scored a lot of points, Kobe and all of those guys were so far behind uh, at their retirement that you look up and now all of a sudden you see one of the greatest players in the history of basketball do this. And not only from a point scoring standpoint, but when you look at the overall game, the assist, you talked about the fadeaway. Their championships, multiple MVPs at uh, the league level as well as the championship level MVP. I mean, you just witness, I guess you could call it greatness, right? I mean, what else, what other word do you do you look for when you're trying to, you know, uh, summarize what this meaning, what this moment was? I mean, it was a star-studded event, right? It was, it was everybody in Hollywood out to, you know, say... And look at greatness and thank LeBron James for giving us these moments. 
Yeah, I mean, look, in the modern NBA history, that record has been held by three men, and we just showed the graphic. And by modern NBA, you want to say shot clock, what was that, the mid-50s, 1954? You're, you're really talking about the absorption of the ABA teams, because that's the advent of the three-point shot and all that. And there was Wilt Chamberlain, whose career, um, you know, went from the, the 60s through the, or the, sorry, the 50s through the, no, the mid-60s, we just have it up, through the uh, through 1984. I didn't realize Will Chamberlain played in 1984. Yeah. I have no recollection of Will Chamberlain as an active player. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember ever having watched him play. No, in 1984, no you probably would have. Yeah, but I would have because he was such a big deal. But for whatever that's reason... crazy. You're like 22 in 1984. <laughs> I know, but for some reason... Oh, yeah, that's true. You're, yeah. Kareem Kareem probably about 22. Oh, no, no. That's the problem because he didn't play in 1984. I'm an idiot. He said, 1984 is when the record fell. Right, okay. So he held the record from 1966. (laughs) I'm a total idiot. That just threw me. From 1966 until 1984. And then Kareem from 84 to 2003. And then LeBron James now. Every, what, 20 to 40 years, someone breaks this record. It's It's a big deal. The only three names in the modern era, really, are Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And LeBron James. Well, LeBron is not just going to break him. He's going to shatter it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he probably has another so what, so three years left. He may end up with 41. I was just about to ask you that. 1,000 when it's all said and done. I was just, I was just about to ask you that. You don't know my whole world just turned upside down when I thought, wait, he played it. So it's a wrap, Jay. So it's a wrap. It'll never be touched. I don't know if it'll never be touched. I mean, inevitably, records are meant to be broken. And I will say with the pace of the game... It, how much it's increased in the volume of possessions. But aren't I mean, they talking about reducing the amount of games? Yeah, that's, that could be true. They could. I mean, it's a conversation. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I don't know. Records are always meant to be broken. But, oh, no question. But, but I mean, geez. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's going to play for another at least, five years. You say five? I'd say another three. I say five. I say and the three. reason I, the reason I say five, what he got two left on this deal? You got two left on. Well, yeah, two, two, two or three left. I don't remember. It's either two or three left on this current NBA deal. Then you got to factor in play with Bronny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why? Why yeah, you still playing the son? Why'd you make that face? Because I wasn't thinking about his son. I'm like, I was just thinking about him at this moment. I was just gonna say, then he's gonna probably get two to three. Kicking years, just because when I mean kicking years, be able to be the leader on the team, score twenty points a game, chill, that sort of thing. Where you got one foot in, one foot out, just because I can. That's the crazy thing about LeBron Jay is Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar spent several years at the end, not really themselves. Kicking it, Jordan. I call it kicking a couple years at the end. Not that's not really Michael Jordan. That's not really Kareem. That's LeBron. LeBron is still. He may not be exactly, but he's that's still LeBron James playing. After all the yeah, years, but five, yeah, but three years from now, if we see the same thing we saw today, three years from now, I mean, last night, three years from now, something's wrong. Okay. Oh, oh, this is, I mean, something's already wrong, by the way. Something's already wrong. This dude the Martians, the Martians, the Martians, points the, per game. the Martians, or wherever, the aliens, whatever came in the yeah, middle of the night and exactly. put something over him and, and something. So at 38, he's averaging 30 plus points per game, and his game is going to evolve. The more he, his jump shot's going to get better. So you can't tell me you can't use him as a pick-and-pop kind of guy as he gets older. He doesn't have the same athletic ability. The question is like Brady, right? Brady could still play in the NFL. But but not Brady Is Brady the GOAT to you? 
in the of NFL. What? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because his peak was eventually his peak was as good as anyone's who came before him. Eventually, and he did it twice as long. Uh, so you and his record and mainly so you, and let's be honest, mainly his record in the playoffs. My, uh, uh, Jay, Jay. I, I can't help Jay. myself. I can't help Don't myself. Do it. What, I so it. he's seven and three in the playoffs, right? All right, let's stop this right now. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. One, Michael Jordan played three years in college, so LeBron got in at 18. So, due to long, he only got this because of longevity. If you can get them at the same time, at the same ages, LeBron is a better Magic Johnson than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is a GOAT. Michael Jordan has sneakers that are the most popular, and he's been retired over 20 years. 20, 25 years maybe? Yeah, 20, 20 years. So, let's get it out the way. He is not the GOAT. He just did, uh, he passed the record because he was in the league 20 years. Michael Jordan was only league 14 years, and he took two years off. Don't do it. Super Bowl, 7-3. Okay. Why you, you got to do this? You don't say Joe Montana? It's too biggest. early. I think that's the guy he passed. He has three more Super Bowl championships So you reward, you reward endurance. That's what we have. But you don't win championships. There you go. No, 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 no. I can't because Kim will die on hill today. You will die. Because it's cemented. Trust me, you will die. cemented it. So you just said. You just said. He just said with Mike. We have almost four hours to attack him. I can't help He just said with Tom Brady that he rewards endurance because he did it. You said twice, I reward no. endurance. I didn't use the word endurance. Actually, go back and play. He say he played twice as long. Yes, but I didn't say endurance. What is that? <laughs> not just that he played no, twice no, as long. Jay. No, 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 no. I said Max, seven. Max, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. stop. Yeah. I'm not talking about change. You just said he played twice as long. You and his said peak it. was as high. That as was as one of the as attributes. That was right. one LeBron's variable. Peak was not as high as Jordan's. That was peak. one of the variables. Yes. <laughs> you also said he played twice as long, so he rewarded the endurance from Tomper. Then, no, 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 no. Let Jay, me finish. Max, I, don't, I can't finish my point if you keep interrupting ahead. me, Max. Oh, God. This and is I'll a rewind from yesterday. Thank you. Producers, oh, please so step in. reward endurance on one end with Tom Brady, but then you use it as a detractor for LeBron on the other end. Even though at 38, <laughs> right, he's, because you, for some reason for you, you don't, you don't allow that to elevate LeBron. In the conversation, but you use it as a variable to elevate Tom Brady. I don't That's not true. Okay, can I can I address that? I didn't even get a chance to make my okay, point. But you know what? You make, 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 no, no, put the shot up over Max. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I think you just made your point. I think you, you're saying that I'm giving LeBron credit for some uh, Brady credit for something. I'm not yes. giving LeBron. Is there another point? Please make. No, no, go ahead. Please counter that point. Then we can go point by point. That's very easy point to counter. Yeah, guys, hijack the show for me. That's what you think. Interesting. Number one, LeBron James has longevity as Tom Brady does. It's roughly equivalent given their sports. They're yes. both incredible, yes. right? Tom Brady, and LeBron James, like Tom Brady, has hit a peak basically as high as anyone's and sustained it for twice as long. Yes. If Brady had done that, but his record was 3-7 and seven in the Super Bowl, Time out. he wouldn't have passed Joe Montana. Time out. But Time his out. record is 7-3 and three in the Super Bowl, Time and you must reward the wins. Okay, so let, let's go through who those wins are against. So 4-6 and six for LeBron in the NBA Finals. Three losses came to the Warriors. Two of the Warriors were maybe the greatest team we've ever seen in a game of basketball. Kevin One Durant, them, actually, no, two. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, oh, oh, the and Clay yes, Thompson. Yes, for sure, that's okay. the one. Yes, okay, yeah. right. two, two of those. Okay, two. For All right. sure. The other one were against the Spurs. I hear the knock on the Miami game. 
But let, let's talk about some of the teams that LeBron dragged to the NBA Finals. That you, you. And he kindly forgets the one he choked for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, can't, you can't, you cannot, cannot. Again, I say you cannot wipe away the stain of that Dallas loss. Used as a detractor for him in the greatest of all time conversation. Can you tell me who was on the 2007 roster, starting five, greatest roster for the Cleveland Cavs? Drew Gooden, Galskis, Larry Hughes, and Eric Snow and LeBron. Yeah. Okay? That's not the strongest conference either, but he did. And they got swept by the Spurs. Again, for the record, Michael Jordan is still the GOAT. The GOAT. Two three-peats. Two three-peats, ladies and gentlemen. Fine. No matter what no one says, he's still culturally relevant, reputable because his sneakers are fire. F-I-R-E. Fire. And they're still making Nike money. More money than LeBron. Maybe more money than Kobe. I don't know. But he is still fire. All right, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to respond to this, please hit us up at ninjasofanothercolor at gmail.com. Who is your GOAT? I stated mine. Now, we're moving on. Do you know Kareem, who Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar held the record for 40-something years. And he was arguably, he's still on the route much for Mount Rushmore of players in the NBA because he won in Milwaukee and he won four titles with LA. So, check this out. Uh, uh, check out this um, exchange between Shaq and Kareem. And I want to, hey, I want to tell Shaq I asked you specifically to see me because he, he felt that I was uh, shaming you or, or ignoring you and that would never be the case. And uh, you showed him what, what what you were all about, the way you crushed all the centers in the league for a couple of years there. So uh, I'm on your side, Shaq. Don't ever let anybody tell you anything different. Now listen, you not speaking to me was the best thing to happen in my career because all I wanted to do was impress you, sir. So I will talk to you soon, inshallah, and I love you very much. And I, I will never, ever have beef with the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You ain't got to worry about that. That's if I catch you. I love you too, and uh, right, I want you guys to keep on impressing the whole world with our game. It's a, yes. it's a wonderful game. All right. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon, Cap. Thank okay. you, Captain. Bar Cap. Yeah, take care. That was. I wasn't expecting that at the end. That was like, special. So, I'm not a sensitive guy, but he would never look at me, but never talk to me. So I thought he didn't like me. But I'm the type, I don't get sensitive. I'm going to go, okay, you're not going to talk to me, watch this. So it just, and then, you know, my mother and father would say, when people criticize you, see if there's some truth in the criticism. Shaq's one of the greatest Lakers ever. And then Kareem said, well, if he's so uh, great, how come they keep getting swept in the playoffs? You can't respond to that. Mm, motivation. Not from Cap. You know what I'm saying? John Cockhead can't say that. <laughs> Nobody else. So, so like, it was, you're right. So, like, I use it as just motivation. Then about four years ago, he pulled me to the side and said, man, you read an article. You said, I, I don't like you. That's not true. I love you. And, like, he gave me a big hug. But, mm. and 
obviously then we've been very close. But I'm uh, uh, happy for LeBron. I'm happy for the Lakers organization. And I never thought that record would be broken. Mm. Never thought it was going to be broken. But now. It definitely ain't going to be broken, Shot. Candace talking about he's trying to play another five years. It ain't, it ain't going nowhere. That thing going to be at about 48,000 points, ain't it? <laughs> LeBron is just the eighth player in the history of the NBA to be the all-time scoring leader. The question now, how far will he take it? James Harden weighing in. One of one. Congrats, bro. Chef Curry. Congrats, King James. Legendary, legendary stuff right there with the amount of points. And Swish 41. Unbelievable. Yes, Kareem is an all-time great uh, he's one of our icons and our heroes once we celebrate Black History Month. So, in that case, since we're celebrating Black History Month, one of the icons of Black History Month is Hank Aaron. If you didn't know, I am a Braves fan and he is... Mm, yep, Mont Rushmore of baseball. Jackie Robinson, him, Willie Mays... Harry Bonds, maybe. But check this story out. I have this habit. Some of you might call it a sickness. I hang on to random things for a long, long time. Little League team pictures. My first grade report card. A reporter's notebook from 35 years ago. Credentials. I have boxes of magazines that I just can't part with. And I've got newspapers. And when I start thinking, why am I holding on to these? It's for such a time as this. Because when we lost Henry Aaron, I went back to the box. And came away with this. From April 5th, 1974. The day after, Hammer and Hank caught the babe. my father, Ernie Johnson Sr. at the mic. He played with Henry for five seasons in Milwaukee back in the day, saw him hit his first big league homer in 1954, and then as a broadcaster, had the honor of watching his friend chase history. Here's a pitch. Swung on, here she coverage that day was testament to the brilliance of a ball player. The plaudits flowing with the ease and grace of number 44's swing. He had made history, enduring an ugly avalanche of racist hate mail and death threats along the way. But there was something a few pages deep I missed the first time around, which has grabbed my attention nearly 47 years later. Henry Aaron hit his 714th home run on the 6th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Aaron had requested a moment of silence be observed in honor of Dr. King, 
I thought it was appropriate, he said. There are a lot of black players on both teams and some tribute would have been appreciated. But the Cincinnati Reds refused, saying as a policy our club has never gotten into religious things. We don't get into politics. We don't get into race. We just don't think fans want that when they come to the ballpark. It's just a policy thing. We certainly have nothing against Aaron. When I read that, it just felt like a 70s baseball version of what NBA players have heard in recent years. Shut up and dribble. Henry's request had nothing to do with himself, but with the cause of civil rights embodied by the man murdered exactly six years earlier. But on that afternoon in 1974, policy took priority over making a statement against the plague of prejudice. This newspaper from April 5th, 1974 may be a little tattered, a little rough around the edges. But does it provide a snapshot of Henry Aaron? One of the best to ever lace up a pair of spikes. And a man who, with the eyes of the world on his every swing, never took his eyes off the real prize. I want to be remembered as someone who was able to forget about baseball, not someone who hit 700 home runs, had a 300 batting average, but someone who did a little bit more to have mankind. Yes, one of the greats, Henry Aaron. We celebrate him in Black History Month. And at this portion of the podcast, yes, you can advertise or sponsor your product on Dinges of Another Color Podcast. My name is Dwayne Ali. Rate us, review us, give us five stars, give us four stars, give us three stars, give us two stars, give us feedback, comment, rate, review. Uh, We are available on Spotify. Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, Pandora, Google Podcast, TuneIn, and we're still working on Apple. You can reach us on Instagram, TikTok. You can also contact us at ninjasofanothercolor at gmail.com with your feedback. All right, moving on to our next topic. Have you seen Volcano, the rescue from on... On Netflix, it's a documentary, a minute-by-minute account of tourists caught in a tragic volcanic eruption while sightseeing the island off of New Zealand. This was in 2019. Uh, Check it out. It was a beautiful day. You could feel the heat from the volcano. From the description, it was a nice, easy hike. They didn't make it sound dangerous. I knew what could happen out there. But you don't believe it will happen. What? I thought, this is it. We're going to die on our honeymoon. I heard the call. There's people on the island and she's erupting. The hate alone was just unbearable. The burns went through all my clothes. We were dealing with people who are going to die within the next hour or so. This is a staff operator. At this stage, it is too dangerous for police and rescue services to go to the island. The authorities see you're on your own. 
doing nothing more than an option. We're going to do it ourselves. I came to the realisation that no one was coming. If I'd sit down, I'm not going to get back up again. We urgently need help out here. We just keep finding more survivors. I couldn't believe that our theory unequivocally for tragedy. This is a time where I get tested. Do I make sure I'm safe or do I go back and help? You're getting off this island now. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's an interesting it's an interesting um I guess documentary slash account of something that no one no one ever seen before. Like really? Like didn't even think about it? Anything like that, so excuse, <clears throat> fine. You can check it out. It's on Netflix. It's a good find. And now, guess what? Guess what's coming out in March? Yes. The third edition of Creed, directed by Michael B. Jordan. Yes, he's going to do that. Um, it looks kind of fun, but let's check it out. I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Bianca, Rocky, my dad, the spilt on their shoulders. Hey, my man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. No, nah, I ain't signing an autograph, but you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? Damn it. How long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, man. I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. I'm curious what happened with you two. I didn't tell you. We was like brothers. I was the best, though. But I never got a chance to prove that. That's cute. That is Creed 3, opens in theaters March 3rd. 
it looks like it's a great redemption story of I guess Creed because he allowed his friend to take a rap from but he was still younger so it doesn't make a difference so don't let nobody guilt you into doing anything even though even though they are they took the fall for you that's their choice you should not allow someone to I guess guilt you into allow their life choices to make them excuse their life choices there you go like if you do a crime and somebody takes the fall for you that's on them that's their choice uh, I, like I said I think I like the movie so I'll check it out I'll check it out on um, Fire Stick before before I go to the movie theater uh, get back to your movie theater especially black movie theaters if you wanna if you wanna bring back movie theaters because they're gonna start doing that go to a black movie theater we should invest in a black movie theater how about that alright moving on guess what premiered last week The Flash, the final season. And as predicted, it jumped the shark. So all we're waiting for is for the end of the season. Uh, Here's a few scenes. Check it out. Hey, you okay? It's been a little quiet at dinner. Yeah, I'm just tired. Did you know about the Catco offer? Yes, Michelle, I did. I figured it out using this. I call it my map book. It's a record I'm putting together of everything that's going to happen to us in the future. You're planning our future with that? I'm I'm cataloging it. Instead of changing the timeline, we're just going to follow it. Catalog how? I mean, between everything I've picked up, time traveling and Gideon's records, we already know so much about our future. I spent all week putting it together. Why would you want to do that? Look, um, I've been having the same nightmare ever since we defeated the negative forces. And in it, I can't keep you safe. But with this book, we can see what's coming before it happens. The good and bad. Like with Nora. Iris. You're going to get pregnant in three months. You're gonna win two Pulitzers. <laughs> like, how great is this, right? Now we won't have to worry about any despros or mirror dimensions or time sickness catching us by surprise. We're safer now with this. What's wrong? Um, nothing. I'm just tired. Can we just, um,
Yes, and as usual, Barry changes the timeline. Same old writing, blah, 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 blah. Don't get me wrong, I'm a Flash fan, but they needed to do something different. But I guess they they went for the same old, same old. So, that is The Flash, episode one. Season 9, the final season, and fucking Ezra Miller gets to keep his goddamn movie. What kind of bullshit is that? But anyway, we're gonna check what it in again. I set it to record. Um, it jumped the shark up to season 4, but I'm gonna still stick to the end, see what they did in the ending. Alright, moving on to The Last of Us, season 5. And I don't understand why, but yes, people love apocalypse stuff. Why is this? Somebody please let me know. Why do we like stuff that, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Upset societal boundaries. They kicked out the government and started killing people. What kind of primal bullshit is this? And it's popular. And they did it before the Super Bowl. So yes, that's why it starts so early. But here's one of the last of us best scenes. The bloater scene. Check it out.
and these people or clickers or whatever the infected ran to the city and killed the rebellion and the deaf black kid spoiler alert if you didn't watching he got bit and his brother killed him and his brother shot himself to death again why do we like apocalyptic bullshit I don't understand somebody please help me please let me know is it just me uh, you can hit us up at digits of another color at gmail.com even if hit us up on tiktok somebody let me know why do we like this shit alright moving on uh, I guess it's super bowl week and everybody's doing a double episode because either a double episode or do it early because if anything was done on sunday nobody would watch so one of the best shows around the bad batch did a two-parter episode seven episode eight uh, no more clones and a conspiracy theory. Uh, these two showed how Palpatine used the Bad Batch to decommission the the clones and use his um, what's it called his lackeys to boast the stormtroopers. These are the best scenes from episode 7. Check it out. The storm. How is it that you survived? 
I was taking part in a training exercise off-world. Rampart is skilled at saying all the right things, especially when he doesn't want anyone looking deeper. Convince him to testify. Where's the clone now? The guards are out searching. You may not be the only one looking for him. If she finds him, handle it. The Senator, as well. Yes. Ensure it can't lead back to me. I can protect you. Once the Senate hears what you have to say. Senator, you're not bad. You don't need me. The evidence you want is aboard Rampart's ship. Palpatine had a clone. A clone killed those other guys. So he brainwashed them. Hint, hint. Republicans. That's for another podcast, but hint, hint. He brainwashed them into killing his own people. Alright. Now we're going to move to episode 8. This is where Palpatine puts his plan into action. Check it out. You want to try? No. Don't enjoy solitude. I had enough of that on Skako Minor. If it weren't for this squad, I'd still be a prisoner there. This was where I fit. Where I was needed. Squad's expertise for a mission. I'm tired of waiting around for Sid. Coruscant? What's on Coruscant? The heart of the Empire. But the Empire thinks we're dead. They won't be looking for us. I'd like to keep it that way. We are approaching Coruscant. Stay ready. Before it passes. Exactly does the thing as it do. 
We serve the galaxy. We act as the voice of the people. Where I'm taking you next, you'll see. And a few preparations for tomorrow's vote. There's nothing else she can do. You had better hope so. But the future of the galaxy is decided. For better or worse. Clones do not have representation in the Senate. We're part of this galaxy too. To ensure you all have the same rights as any galactic citizen. It is a battle worth fighting. Can you keep a secret? Thank you for coming. You're a fool to bring me here. How can you not care about what happened on Kamino? It was my home. I was there. I saw the Empire destroy everything. And I'm angry. What they did. It's not right. Did Admiral Rampart divert the funds? You already know the answer. Rampart is a mere cog in the machine. And my word won't do you any good.
Yes. Damn it. That's a fine. Um, Echo left. Yeah, he left to be with Rex to help clones. And you know what happens. Well, we don't know what happens. We know what happens to Rex. Rex makes it all the way to Rebels. But we do think, we think that the Bad Batch, um, they perish somewhere in the war. Uh, two great episodes. One shows espionage, other shows action. That's why I say I think it's the best show on Disney Plus. Uh, don't care what nobody say. You can take it to the bank. Uh, since it's Super Bowl weekend and advertising, you can at this point in the podcast advertise or promote your product. Just give us a shout. Send us an email at ninjas of another color at gmail.com or you can hit up hit us up on Instagram at Ninja of Another Color or you can support the podcast via Cash App or via Zelle the information is on the website uh, this is Dwayne Ali your host of Ninja of Another Color rate us review us comment give us feedback we are available on Spotify Amazon Music Samsung Podcast Pandora Google Podcast, tune in, and we are trying to get on Apple. Give us five stars, give us four stars, give us three stars, give us two stars. If you don't give us any stars, we will just assume that we are doing it correctly. All right, we are moving on to our <clears throat> again, another fine. Our relationship section Would you listen to your single friends in, if you have a problem in your relationships? Uh, this is the audience participation portion of the podcast. You know the email address, Ninjas of Another Color Podcast. Ninjas of Another Color at gmail.com. Hit us back, but check us out. Worth a game, real quick, right? To all the women out there that's in a relationship and you going through something with your man, y'all having problems, y'all having y'all ups and downs, let me tell you who to never listen to your single girlfriends. Don't take no advice from them bitches. Because what is they going to tell you? Huh? Every nigga she meet is doing a DBOP on her. A drive-by on the pussy. Huh? They lay her down, they spray her down, but don't no fucking body stay around. Huh? They ejaculate, then they evacuate. They exit the building like a motherfucking fire drill. So don't take no advice from your single girlfriends. Because what advice is they gonna give you? How not to keep a nigga around? Huh? How to have a bunch of lonely fucking nights? Huh? How to head the other side of the bed freezing fucking cold, huh? Right. Again, would you listen to your single girlfriends? Alright. Moving on. I have a question. Why do people get mad when people tell them the truth? That most, but not all, most women have the power to dating. Uh, I don't know why, but hey, I always said a woman chooses a man, a man chooses a woman because you can spit all the game while you want to because that girl will let you in just because you say so. But let's check this out. If we started to say, like, just to kind of hold ourselves accountable, stop dehumanizing men, the characteristics, traits, and qualities. Women are never going to hold themselves accountable. Why it. would they? They they rarely do. Women have all the leverage in the dating marketplace now. Why would they hold themselves accountable? That's the truth. 
how many delusional women do we have out here that, quite frankly, are useless bimbos that deserve? They feel they deserve a man that's six foot three, making a million dollars a year. And okay, let's analyze this. Not all women are useless bimbos. Ten percent, five percent, maybe, but there are good women out there. Back to this. There's an athlete and etc. But you guys invest into the women as well. How do we you do, like you do, like you, like this is the problem because you'll advertise a certain life, you'll have all these things, and you'll let women have this lifestyle. So no, we have those girls, nothing else. Those girls are, they're, 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 those girls perpetually typically stay single. They go from high value guy to high value guy. These girls don't get commitment. That's another mistake that girls make. They think just because a guy is dating them means they're going to get a relationship, and relationship attraction and sexual attraction are two different things. But modern day women make the cardinal mistake of conflating the two, thinking they're the same. They're not. So, so how do you pull then? How do I pull? Yeah. What do you mean, how do I pull? How, oh, um, how would you court me? How would I court you? Like, for like a ser- serious relationship or like for a vetting process? For like a vetting process. Oh, well. And then see, like, how, how do you then determine? Okay, so I go on a date with a girl, right? And I get a feel for her, right? See what her family background is like, etc. Ask some, you know, prerequisite question. And then... What I do, the game doesn't really begin until after you have sex with the girl. And the reason why is because after that point, now she's going to start to really either sink or swim. And most girls, unfortunately, fail this test miserably because most girls think, I just offer, I'm just going to have sex with them and that's enough. And the reality is, that's enough to get a date, but that's not enough to keep a guy. Most girls are terrible at retaining men. Girl game is being able to retain the guy. And most girls don't offer a value out of sex. So if they don't add you know, value at that point. And I'm going to obviously give her some instructions. Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to watch what she does very carefully. If I tell her, hey, I need you to do this or whatever, and she balks at it, well, okay, bam, I already know where she stands. Streets only, you know, recreational use, back to the streets you return. Because I don't really have time for girls that are going to be liabilities. Okay. All right. Ladies, are you an asset or are you a liability? Does he make sense? Does he make points? Please give us your feedback. Also, is it just me or just like the country? There's 333 million people in America. And you're only hearing from either the negative or a very small portion. Everybody ain't pretty. Everybody ain't rich. Everybody's not smart. And everybody are not hoes. And all men are not dogs. So, let me know. Hit me up. I need your feedback so we can make an interesting conversation. Okay. Another thing. The passport bros. Is it just me or is it getting really, really, really popular? Because not all passport bros are going over to get married. I think maybe a small percentage trying to get married. But most are trying to do business. Trying to have fun. And then you have in any group. The lames that give you the give you the bad PR when they say Western women aren't good. But uh, I don't know about that, but check this out. Let me get your feedback on this one. I like we're the prize here. Yeah. Women sure. are the prize. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I don't know. You just have to like really make yourself worthy enough for me to talk to you and like spend my like give you my attention and if you're not sure. worthy enough then on to the next so you're the prize i don't know why um 
you know, my mom always told me to, like, go for a guy who just, who really respects you and just, okay, next, next question, sorry. Man, you are one pathetic loser. When you pay attention to the passport rules, like, they're getting women from, like, the DR, Colombia, yes. uh, the Philippines, Thailand. Like, women can that can speak very little English, women that don't have yeah, education, not, women that, that need this, women, women that, that need women this. Women are raised to be wives. Mm-hmm. They learn everything from, from birth, from their father, from their mother, how to be a wife and how to support your men. Women that need them. It's not even women That's that need them. It's women that treat them with respect. So we don't... Y'all know y'all don't. So. <laughs> Yeah, he caught her because she just about to say you don't respect them. Like, I think, yeah, that's kind of true. It's kind of kind of true that Western women think of men, probably black men, that they're they're only there to, I guess, pay bills or whatever. But this is what it is. Hold on one second. Just check this out one more time. Non-traditional girls do not deserve traditional guys. Relationships don't really work anymore. They're masculine, assertive, argumentative, and aggressive. So why would I even bother anymore? What's your body count at? Three? Four? Hundred. Four thousand. Hundred? Ew! I don't know. What the fuck? You're young. You're right. That was inappropriate. Teach more girls or guys? Girls. Girls. I say, I say girls. Why y'all say girls? She is a cheater. She is oh a cheater. It was Valentine's Day weekend and her boyfriend was like MIA and so she cheated on him with this other guy. And it was like this big thing. Did y'all break up after that or are y'all still together now? Okay, no. Are you dating? You can't break this. Oh, yes, I can. I must. So he doesn't know. Oh, yes. Oh, he knows now. Again, this is not. What people this is not what people usually do, but it is what it is. Alright. Another question. How long does it take you to know you want to marry someone? Average study says six months. I disagree because in six months you really won't know what happens if a major issue comes up. Like Really, really major. But doctors are saying six months. But check this out. I saw somebody comment that men know right away within the first six months of talking to a woman what the future is going to hold with that woman. And I don't know where y'all got this from, but I see women say this all the time, and I see a lot of men chime in and and agree with them I don't know if y'all got it from Steve Harvey's Think Like a Man or or whatever y'all got this from but I'm telling you it's wrong it's not true like that's that's a like it's just not true I don't know how the way to put it Uh, like Asha said we didn't get engaged into two years after us you know getting to know each other Mm -hmm. and there's no way within the first six months that I knew that I wanted to be with Asha for the rest of my life. Like, that's a huge decision to me. And because somebody put that out there into the atmosphere and everybody breathed it in and believed that that was Bible, a lot of y'all are missing out on some blessings in y'all life because y'all have a clock, a six-month clock 
on your relationship and if a person doesn't make moves in order to make you their life partner their the wife or husband uh, wife in this case then you you up and leave mm-hmm. and you be you could be missing out on a blessing so I, I would tell people to forget unlearn that wherever you learned it from unlearn it like come on they don't even make you choose your, your major in college in the first year yeah. y'all up here trying to choose the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with build a family with build a future with in three to six months like that's crazy yeah crazy. so i just like to touch on that um i just feel like it's not realistic okay granted some people have done it it may work for some it may have not worked for a lot but i just feel like it's not realistic for having a very healthy a future or relationship or marriage reason being is because you're getting to you're that's the time where you're you're new and getting to know that person right? right so to me i feel like so many i'll speak from a woman's standpoint like put so much pressure on i'm supposed to be married within this or engaged or he's supposed to know within this certain amount of time mm-hmm. right and the idea of six months to a year is not realistic for me um, just because you're getting to know that person, right? right? I feel like in life, as an individual, we go through phases of getting to know ourselves. Yeah. We're constantly changing. Who I was when I was 20, when we first started dating, 22, is not who I am going into 32, yeah. right? This And we'll, I'll be... You know, approaching thirty-two this year, we're coming up. We'll on be 10, approaching thirty-two yes, this year. We're coming up on ten years of being together. Yeah. Ten years. So who I was, and I, I hope, and I really hope and pray because if you're staying the same from a ten-year time span, that's a problem. So I will hope that there will be some type of growth within you from the first year y'all start dating, the first six months to the time when y'all do get engaged, right? right. So you're constantly getting to know yourself. You're constantly getting getting to know that person you're evolving so why would you think that you know all of that person enough to commit to marriage which is supposed to be a lifetime um union Mm -hmm. within the first six months to a year is beyond me and i don't understand why people stress so much on you know getting engaged in a certain time frame now granted if you've been with a a person for an extended period of time and we'll we'll touch on that like i said with this topic it, it it sways right because mm-hmm. it is a time frame where it's like okay we need to figure this out right versus it being too early and you just rushing into it right yeah i think a lot of people rush into it just because of the pressures that society put on everybody nowadays like everybody want to rush to get married and then they end up rushing to get a divorce so i would just take my time to actually get to know the person i think asha brought up a great point where it's like look how long it has taken you to get to know yourself and every day you're still figuring out new things about yourself, things that make you tick, things that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. How could you possibly know everything about somebody within the first six months right. or within a year to make the decision that I am going to spend the rest of my life with you and mean it? Right. Because a lot of people say it, but they don't mean it. right? They, what they really mean is as long as you make me happy, as long as everything is going well, then I'll be with you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, then I'm leaving. And that's not how marriage should be. Like I said on the shade room, it should be a covenant, not a contract. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I've never heard a person during their wedding vows say 
to somebody, uh, I promise to love you through sick and, sickness and health, as long as you love me, right. as long as you treat me right, right, till death do us part, as long as you make me smile, right. as long as you, nothing happens to you, you always remain attractive and you don't gain weight. Like they stand, uh, you stand across from each other, and you look each other in the eyes, and you say, "Till death do us part, through sickness and health, I will be there by your side." Mm-hmm. Right? I give myself to you. It's a covenant, and a lot of times people are rushing into relationships or rushing into marriage, not knowing if that person across from them is worthy of them giving them their full self too. Yeah. Right, so the the marriages don't end up lasting, and I honestly believe that you have to go through certain phases. Like there's phases to love, there's phases to relationships, and when you're rushing to hurry up and get to that marriage, you're skipping over those phases, right. which end up hurting you in the long run. Like there were things that we had to go through in our lives that showed me that this is the person I can spend my whole life with, right? Because she has seen me in every season of my life. Like when we first met each other, I was a millionaire. And I'm sexy as hell. So it's like it's not it's not hard for a woman to want to be around me and to love on me. Right? You're getting the best of both worlds. Um, so I saw how she was when I was at my highest. And then when Leah got diagnosed with cancer and I was at my lowest, I saw how she was when I was at my lowest. And one thing about Asha, she never changed. She was the same person at my highest that she was at my lowest. And that's when I realized, like, I can go through life with this person because I know that life is a roller coaster. It's filled with ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be on a ride with somebody who jumps out when things get crazy, Mm -hmm. when things get scary. Like, I want that partner that's going to grip onto your arm and hold you tight and let you know, I'm scared, but I'm going to ride this thing out with you. And when Asha did that for me, I was like, man, this is the one. Because she's willing to ride it out with me. And hopefully our ride is smooth for the majority of our time together. But I know if it's bumpy, that she's going to be there. Mm -hmm. And that's how I knew that she was the one. But it took time to do that. Right. Right? The first six months, it was beautiful. We was traveling. We was doing whatever we wanted to do. But it was after that, right? After the first year that I really found out who Asha was at the core, like what her values were, what she stood for. And that's when I was like, yeah, she's the one. So like I said, it's all dependent on what season you are in in your life and what you and that person goes through. But to rush into something that's supposed to be a lifetime, it don't make any sense to me. Yeah. All right. Thank you to the Relationships Network again. This is the audience participation portion of the podcast. Send us your <clears throat> ideas or your feedback on does it take more than six months? Does it take less than six months to be engaged to know that you want to get married? Do you? Let us know. All right. We are going to move on to the VI portion of this the VI portion of the the podcast courtesy of the poppy show it's it this is called the VI spelling bee alright I can spell it 
Fight a monster. Fight a monster. Fight a monster. What is conscience? C O N. No, no cheating, no cheating. No, no, shut up, man. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. C O N C I O U S. And you ask, you ask. No. One more time, man. No, start from the beginning. Yes, C O N. Stop. Wait, stop. Start from the beginning. C O N. Right. Go ahead. C I. How? Yes. Yes, what? Yes, what? Calm down, Jamal. Don't pull out the nine. C O N S C I O U S. C O N. S C I O U S. What is collision? Why the f did you do that? C O L L G I E. What? Collision? No. C O L L. What he missed? A word? C O L L G I. Ladies and gentlemen, I love my people. That was the VI spelling bee. All right, moving on to another session with Miss Gabrielle. She's a school teacher. And check this out. If you grew up in a Caribbean town, you know that 
Caribbean, you may have been told many old wives' tales used in predicting the intensity of the upcoming hurricane season. One of the ones that I grew up hearing about was the importance of paying attention to the fruit-bearing trees. If the fruit-bearing trees bared way before their usual season and in abundance, it might mean that energetically the trees are sensing the potential of their demise. Sometimes we don't give enough credence to these belief systems that our ancestors have passed down for us, but it makes perfect sense. A tree's fruit represents their potential, their future, and their knowledge. When trees sense impending danger, they respond by bearing the highest potential of what they came into this existence for. Similar to people wishing to repair broken relationships and embrace their spirituality before they die. Yep, that was a message from Miss Gabrielle. We appreciate it every week. All right, this is the end of our program today, episode 25. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? And who I have is the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dwayne Alder, your host of Ninjas of a Color. Ninjas of Another Color Podcast. Rate us, review us, give us feedback. Give us five stars, give us four stars, give us three stars, give us two stars. Give us any stars. If you don't give me any stars, I will just assume that I am doing it correctly. We are available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. Yes, we're still working on Amazon. Uh, you can send your comments to Ninjas of Another Color Podcast. Uh, Ninjas of Another Color at gmail.com be available on Instagram also on TikTok you can support uh, via Cash App or Zelle information is on the site and to end the show since it is Black History Month we are going to end it on this note thank you so much it's February so many teachers and schools are celebrating Black History Month but there are still many misconceptions and misunderstandings about the past, present, and future of this celebration. So today, I thought we'd go back to the beginning. Hi, this is Mike Hines, and I'm a professor here at the Stanford Graduate School of Education, where my work focuses on the history of America's schools. What we now know as Black History Month had its beginnings as Negro History Week, which was invented by the famed historian, educator, and activist Carter G. Woodson in 1926. Negro History Week was a direct challenge to traditional curricula of the time period, which often degraded and dehumanized black people. Negro History Week was also inextricably linked to black calls for social and political equality. More than just a chance to talk about a few notable achievements, Negro History Week was a call to action. Although Negro History Week became one of his most widely known interventions, it was only part of Dr. Woodson's efforts to develop, democratize, and disseminate information on black history. He also pursued this work through the establishment of the Association for Negro Life and History, its journals, the Journal of Negro History, and the Negro History Bulletin, and textbooks, speeches, pamphlets, and materials for every grade level from college down to kindergarten. Now, Woodson didn't do this work alone. Moving from idea to reality, took the dedication of thousands of black teachers, most of them women, who were largely responsible for shaping the celebration through their work in the classroom. 
It also took the work of entire communities, including churches, fraternities and sororities, libraries and lodges, social clubs, and civic organizations. This reflected Woodson's desire to encourage lay people, not just academics, to preserve and present their own histories. As the movement continued to grow, it outstripped the bounds of a single week, and the word Negro, which was outdated by the 1960s, was replaced by a new generation born and raised in the civil rights struggle. Black History Month emerged in its current form during those decades and is still going strong. So, is this celebration still relevant today? Well, it depends on who you ask. Critics charge that the progress we've made from the 1920s to the 2020s has largely made Black History Month irrelevant. Or, that worse, singling out Black history is actually counterproductive to broader efforts at inclusion. Although we may have made progress, however, Research from the Southern Poverty Law Center and other sources still shows that we are far from our goal of honoring the multiple voices in our classrooms, challenging dominant narratives. At the same time, new and emerging movements for racial justice call out for historical context, which our schools simply fail to provide. Carter G. Woodson himself was cautiously optimistic that students in the future would no longer need Black History Month if we taught in ways that honored and elevated our students and told their stories all year long. But we're not there yet. So Black History Month will continue to be what it always has been. A celebration, a stinging indictment, and a call to action. All in one.